Good morning, Devin Wilkins. Good morning, Simon Trevoranis. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Well, I'm pretty good. I uh, am uh, getting over a cold, but, um, you know, uh, I'm okay. Very and good. good morning to everybody out there, and welcome to Insight Peterborough. We have a packed agenda today, so we'll just get right along with it. Uh, in a few minutes, we're going to be talking to a lady who is uh, with the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians, and they have a scholarship program uh, that uh, we want to talk about uh, for people who are blind, deafblind, and partially sighted. So listen up. The students, uh, whether you're going to college or university or you're a mature student or whatever, um, you need to hear this information. First, though, we have a song by the Bomarks. Called Classmate. Yes. Here we go. Almost over, over. Will you become a summer rover? Or will you still be my girl? Wow, wow, wow. Classmate, will this parting bring us over? Was my ring a thing you borrowed? Just to set my heart a world. Wow, 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 wow. You stole my heart. Just an old friend Or will vacations still go through Wow, 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 wow Wow, 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 wow You stole my All right, that was Classmate with uh, the Bomarks, a Canadian group from way back when. Sounded like way back when. <laughs> yeah. I have kind of way back when music. Sure. You can always tell if it's my music or yours. Yes, I know. For sure. <laughs> That's true. All right. Uh, the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians has a scholarship program, and I had the opportunity to pre-record an interview with the chairperson of uh, the committee looking after the scholarship, Marcy Yale from Huntsville, and here's the interview. Well, hi, Marcy, and welcome to the uh, program. Thank you. 
Uh, now, uh, we've had people on here from uh, the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians beforehand, Chantelle Oakes, uh, who is the national president, was on. But you are the chairperson of the Student and Education, tell me again? Student and Education Council Committee. See how long I remembered that? <laughs> In other words, it's the scholarship committee. Right, right. So right now that's all we're working on is scholarships. Okay. Before we get talking about scholarships, can you um, refresh our memory as to what the AEBC is and does? We're a peer support and advocacy organization. We're consumer run. Everybody is a volunteer. All our board members right now are blind, deaf blind, or partially sighted. And actually our national board has to be. Um, we have eight chapters across the country and one affiliate. And we do advocacy and peer support and mentoring, and we run a scholarship program, and we help people basically help themselves. And we advocate for better equality throughout Canada, and we've done work on the upcoming Accessible Canada Act. We have contributed to the Canadian Transportation Agency's request for information on their re regulations that are coming up. And basically where there's a need, we want to be there. And how many members do you think you might have? Around, I think right now we're probably around the 230, 240 members across Canada. Yeah, okay. That sounds good. And um, are you divided into chapters or how does that work? Yeah, as I said, we've got eight chapters and then we've got a bunch of people who, because of the large largeness of our country, there aren't any chapters in the cities they live in. And uh, so we have some members at large, but we have eight chapters in major cities, basically, uh, Vancouver, Kelowna, Saskatoon, and then Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, Halifax, and Winnipeg. And, and that was not in order because I forgot Winnipeg as I was coming east. <laughs> <laughs> you scared me there. I, I wondered what had happened you know, to the Winnipeg chapter. I scared myself. I knew I was missing one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's good, and I, I imagine you're hoping that uh, other cities will form chapters eventually. I'd like to see some of the cities that used to have chapters get new ones or reconvene chapters that they used to have. Yes. Um, so now you are the chair. I'm just going to call it the scholarship committee. <laughs> that works for me. So I didn't name the committee. <laughs> <laughs> so what is that committee all about, and what is its mandate? Well, every year for the last, I think this is about our twentieth, at least our twentieth. 
offered awards to blind, deafblind, or partially sighted students going into post-secondary education or continuing in post-secondary education. And so the committee looks every year at the documents from last year and makes any changes that are necessary. And then on February 1st, we launch the application process for the year. And in the end, at the end of March, when the deadline comes, we look at all the applications and award as many awards as we can for that year. And this year we have four. We have two T-based communications scholarships and two AEBC scholarships. And they're each worth $1,000, which is a nice little tidy sum of money that can help towards someone's education. Terrific. Now, just briefly, you mentioned T-Base. What is that? T-Base Communications is a, a company that is based out of Ottawa, and I believe they have a, a base in the state somewhere as well. And they provide transcription services. Uh, anyone who gets their phone bill or their bank statements, a lot of the government organize, government run organizations um, get their bills and documents done through T-Base. Uh, a lot of private companies get their documents transcribed into Braille or into other formats by T-Base. Uh, so that's their main their main um, activity is they do transcription. Okay. Now, in order to uh, apply for one of these scholarships, what does one have to do? Uh, can can a, a grade 12, like a, a student in grade 12 here in Ontario, apply if they're going on to uh, post-secondary education, or how soon can you apply? You have to be planning to attend, or basically if you're planning to attend. If you're not attending now, that's okay too. But you have to be attending or planning to attend a post-secondary institution in the fall of 2019. So if you're in grade 12 and you're going into college, and if grade 12 is all you need, then definitely you can apply. And you can apply if you're going to college, university, uh, any post-secondary, even educational upgrading. So if, if you need to take, you know, a special upgrading course in order to get into university, we, we accept that as, as valid educational pursuits as well. What about mature students um, that have been out of school and then uh, decide to go back to either college or university? We welcome their applications as well. It, age, is not a, a, age is not a determinant. All you have to do is, you know, is to fill, fit the, the uh, eligibility criteria. Um, so you have to be blind, deafblind, or partially sighted. You have to be a Canadian citizen or permanent resident. Uh, as I said, you have to be planning to attend a post-secondary institution at, on it, an at least part-time basis. So even someone who's taking two courses at university, that's considered part-time, that's fine. You don't have to be full-time. So because we understand that, you know, not everyone can handle a full course load. Uh, some 
you know, if you're blind, there are issues that get in the way, and uh, which can make handling a full course load just not possible. And you have to be studying either at a Canadian institution, so, you know, paying fees to a Canadian institution, although we do allow, there are exceptions that will be made for people who are studying abroad because either they couldn't find a program that suited them here or they couldn't get into a program here or, you know, there was a better program elsewhere. But as long as they fit the other criteria, we'll, we'll let them in. What kind of uh, questions are on the application form? Well, we ask them, first of all, they have to send in their transcripts. So not a, it doesn't have to be official, but they do have to get a copy of the transcript, their most recent transcript. So we ask that, that they write an essay, uh, and it's no longer than four pages, but it's got to include a personal statement, including basically what, what barriers they've faced and conquered throughout their lives and how they've conquered them as a result of their disability. Basically, tell us about yourself and your, your you know, what makes you, you. Uh, <laughs> and then a little bit about accessible education. So what alternate formats and how has accessibility helped their educational pursuits along the way? And then a reflection on their community involvement. So how have they given back to the community? Um, you know, do they do they work in in the community? Do they volunteer? You know, what what's their sense of of community involvement? So we really want uh, to know about these people, these students, and get a, a well-rounded view of them. And then they need to provide us a reference letter. So from one of their academic advisors, anyone that can talk about their their academic goals and you know, what they think about this person applying for a scholarship. And then we judge them on academic performance, community involvement, and overcoming adversity. And there's no real ratio. We don't say, you know, 30% for this, 70% for that. It's just, you know, everything con contributes to the whole of, you know, the whole picture, shall we say, of the student. And what kind of format uh, will you accept the application in? Well, since most, if not all, of our committee are blind, deafblind, or partially sighted, we request that all documents be accessible. Uh, Word, text format, uh, we discourage PDF for files because they can just be way too inaccessible. Yeah. There are too many ways to make them inaccessible. So we request that people give some thought to you know, the fact that people who are reading these things have to be able to read them. Now, we do understand that transcripts can often only be received in PDF, so if you want to request a transcript from your institution, they may only give it to you in PDF, we'll accept those, because, you know, <laughs> we're, we're not going to tell a university, 
we'd like to tell a university how to deal with <laughs> accessible documents, but that's just we just don't have the time to deal with that. Right. But all the rest of the documents must be accessible. How does they email them to us, basically? And email them? Did you all say all the documents get attached to an email? Yeah. Sent to scholarship at blindcanadians.ca. Okay. And the application deadline is 11:59 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time on March 29th, 2019. All right. That sounds great. Uh, if anyone um, has any, so do, do they have to let you know that they're going to be sending in, sending in an application, or can they just send it in? And uh, if so, if they have any questions, um, can they email their questions to you? They definitely can email questions to me, to me and, uh, and my committee at scholarship at blindcanadians.ca and the website where the application will be as of February 1st. Uh, you can download it in English and in French from our website and the web address for that is www.blindcanadians.ca forward slash programs with an S forward slash scholarship without an S. All right. Terrific. Uh, is there any other information that uh, I should be asking you about? No, I think that I think we got it all. We just want to see people apply. We we want to give out these awards, and we love reading about some of these amazing students that that live and breathe and and want to be educated in our country. Mm -hmm. And I imagine some of these uh, students that have applied in the past have gone on to do wonderful things. They have. They have. And it's, it's amazing to look at the past winners and realize that, that I still recognize the names and that they are doing things in our community, and, which is terrific. It's, uh, one of them has become a lawyer, and uh, one of them... It seems to be continuing and, and changing her educational goals, and she, I can't remember what she started out with, but she's now doing occupational therapy and a PhD, and my goodness, it's, it's amazing what, uh, you know, what our students are doing, and we're happy to be playing at least a small part in their pursuits. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for being with us and giving us that information, and uh, we'll hope that uh, people from this area will apply for uh, one of those scholarships. Thank you for having me. And that was Marcy Yale from the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians. So once again, if there are any students out there that are headed to college, university, that sort of thing, um, be sure to apply for one of those scholarships. Got to take advantage of free money. You bet. You bet. That's for sure. All right. Uh, to finish this little uh, segment off, we have uh, another song from way back when by Bobby Curtola, Three Rows Over and Two Seats Down. 
There's a girl in school that I adore. She's a cute little girl, five feet four. She's got a personality, the talk of the town. She sits three rows over and two seats down. I've got competition. It seems galore, but I'm the guy she's waiting for. I go through life with just one bound. That girl three rows over and two seats down. I just can't seem to concentrate. I can't buckle down. I never get. My schoolwork done. My head's always turned around. I catch the teacher's angry looks when my head's not buried in my books. She knows my thoughts are all around. That girl three rows over and two seats down. I just can't seem to concentrate. I can't buckle down. I never get my schoolwork done. My head's always turned around. I can't find the time to think. I keep waiting for that friendly wing, the one I want. I finally found. She sits three rows over. Two seats down. Bobby Curtola with uh, three rows over and two seats down. And um, next week is National White Cane Week. And uh, there's lots going on here in the Peterborough area. And Simon is going to read a press release that uh, the Canadian Council of the Blind sent out, uh, and uh, hopefully we'll be seeing bits and pieces about it in uh, our um, uh, coverage of the, the Peterborough area. But anyway, um, this is part of Trent Radio's coverage. Peterborough prepares to celebrate White Cane Week. People who are blind, deafblind, or partially sighted in Peterborough County will join their counterparts across the country to mark White Cane Week from February 3rd to 9th. The Canadian Council of the Blind wanted to select one week as an awareness week, explained Leslie Yee, vice president of the local chapter of the CCB. The month of, Fe- the month of February was when the CCB was founded in 1944, so that's why they chose the first week of February as the time to raise awareness. Leslie was careful to describe the difference between CCB, the Canadian Council of the Blind, and the CNIB, the Canadian National Institute for the Blind. The CNIB is now a part of our health system. They offer help with learning how to use a cane or learning independent living skills, and they're recommended through your doctor, she said. The CCB, on the other hand, is a membership-driven group, which means that each chapter in each city is run and organized by the memberships themselves. 
We do have a national office, but each chapter can do whatever physical or social activities that the members decide on. We have our blind curling, which we do with the Peterborough Golf and Country Club out on Armour Road. And we have some wonderful volunteers who are curlers themselves who come out and help us on Wednesday mornings. This year, we'd also like to plan to go to the theatre, as well as some summertime fun things like a cruise on Stony Lake. Leslie went on to explain that the local chapter of the CCB also runs a program called From the Blind for the Blind, which involves the collection and distribution of gently used visual aids and pieces of technology. We talked about this last week. Yes, we did. The chapter also co-sponsors Insight Peterborough, a show on Trent Radio each Friday from 10 to 11 a.m. that explores issues of interest of people with disabilities and their allies. I've heard of that. <laughs> the group of approximately 20 along with their sighted volunteers, has organized a whole host of activities to take place during White Cane Week. On Monday and Tuesday, we'll have a table set up at Peterborough Square from 9 to 3 with flyers and pens, but most importantly, we're also there to answer any questions about our guide dogs, our canes, or whatever else you might like to find out about, Leslie said. On Wednesday, from 4 to 7, and Thursday, from 9 to 2, we'll be at the YMCA. And then on Friday will be at Chapters on Lansdowne Street from 12 to 3. The wonderful thing at Chapters is that it's going to be a fundraising opportunity for us. If anyone comes in and visits us and then purchases a book while they're there, they can tell the cashier that they would like to, the proceeds to go to the Canadian Council of the Blind, and we will receive a donation from Chapters. Anyone wishing to inquire about any of the programs that the local chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind offers is encouraged to either email ccbpeterborough at gmail.com or check out the website at ccbpeterborough.com. There you go. All right. <coughs> now you know why I, I don't think my mic is up, is it? It sure is. Okay. And now you know why I pre-recorded the interviews. <laughs> you got a big cough, do you? Yes, I do. So how about the song then? Shall we go on to oh, Crew Cuts, Angels in the Sky? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Here we go. The Lord will see you walking, and he will hear you talking. Talking to the angels in the sky. And when you go the Lord will always hear you. Talking to the angels in the sky. Talk to the angels, let them hear your plea. Tell them that you're lonely. Down upon your knees and pray the Lord will help you. And when he sees you walking, he will hear you talking, talking to the angels in the sky. And when you know he's near you, the Lord will always hear you talking to the angels in the Yeah. 
And that was by the Crookouts, and the title was? It was called uh, Angels in the Sky. Okay. <laughs> I like the way that it came up at the end there, all together. Yeah. Nice the reason, sorry. It's a good finish. Yeah. The reason that uh, we chose that as one of the, the songs to play is that there is a lady here in Peterborough. And uh, you don't hear very much about her or from her, but boy, is she ever working behind the scenes to make our service personnel happy. Um, the service personnel who are stationed all over the world. And uh, recently, she won a medal from the um, Chief of Defense, Jonathan Vance. Whoa. And uh, for making beaded angels. And uh, I had the opportunity to have a chat with her. And boy, if, if you need to pick me up today, <laughs> man, listen to this, because this is what that is, is a, a real pick-me-up. So here I am speaking with uh, Suzanne Thomas. Well, hi, Suzanne, and uh, welcome to the program. Thank you. I hear a lot of good things about the program. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, congratulations on uh, winning that medal. No, oh, I was so surprised I couldn't believe it. Wow, that's great. <laughs> it was one of the colonels that put my name in. He talked, he, I guess they did a survey about how they feel uh, about the angels that they get. And I got a nice letter back, and I was blown away. He says that they love these angels. They come in the Christmas box, and they're all over the world. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they got them hanging on their, their shaving mirror, the ceiling of their little hut, whatever it is, the night tables, key rings, paper, like, uh, what do you call that thing? I know, I, I know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, file cabinet. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. It's been so long I haven't seen a file cabinet. <laughs> so it's kind of nice. And, and the two major, or two generals, General Natinchuk, uh, we saw him at the Warriors Day Parade a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. And his secretary noted to him that he, my angel was on the, the berm of my cap, and uh, he says, and I don't have one of those, and the general says, and you're not getting mine. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then this uh, uh, new general, I don't, I haven't talked to him, it's, uh, <sighs> Jonathan Vance? It's a, uh, 
do you call that thing? General, I can't remember what his name is. But anyway. Is it Jonathan Vance? That's, yeah, Chief of Defense is Jonathan. Uh-huh. Von <laughs> <laughs> Radniskowski. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, let's go back a little bit. Uh, you haven't been in Peterborough all that long, have you? Yeah, about three years. Right. Uh-huh. Are you liking it? Oh, yeah, very much so. Good. Yes. And before beautiful. the... Sorry? It's beautiful. beautiful. Yes. Neighbors are good. Um, they seem to help each other regular intervals which is very nice to know oh uh, that's nice mm -hmm. and before that you were in Toronto for a number of years eh? I was born in Toronto okay and, uh, I'm now 74 uh-huh we've been in Peterborough for three and a half to four years yeah and uh, you know it's it's a nice change it's quieter uh, people are more friendly here Yes. They don't stop and look at you like you're weird if you say good morning. I know, I know. <laughs> so it's very nice, nice change. Yes. Now, mm -hmm. do you have any sight at all, Suzanne? Not at all. I lost it uh, quite a bit earlier. Actually, it was the year that uh, Princess Diana and Prince Charles got married, and they wanted to see the wedding so bad. Uh-huh. And all I could see was the tail end of her dress. Oh, my goodness. It was white on a red carpet. Oh, wow. And that was disappointing, but uh, at least I could hear what they, they did. A very good commentary. Yes, they uh, did. On the wedding. So you, you get to know more, I think, when you can't see it, because they explain more. Yes, and you have to listen. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it was it was nice, but yeah. kind of disappointing because it was the week before that that my good eye, so to speak, collapsed after an operation, oh. and uh, that was it. End oh. of the story there. Oh dear, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Um, had you been doing the um, angels uh, before that? Oh yeah, yes, I did. Um, I've been doing angels for 10 years plus, and so far, 40,000 in 10 years, um, and the only thing that slowed me down was I got sick, had to spend a lot of time in bed, so there went the angels flying out the window. So I'm kind of panicking because I want all of my kids to get an angel. See, when you're 74, you can call all these people your kids. They don't want <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I I get disappointed when they don't get one for whatever reason, but they're generally pretty, pretty good. Uh, I have to have the boxes ready by September so that they go down to uh, Nova Scotia. They may put them on a frigate, and then I've, I've got angels in uh, helicopters, the American helicopters, the uh, big airplane that sends supplies over to the countries that they're going to. And it's Army, Navy, Air Force, and uh, any of, oh, 
military police. They all get these angels as well as the head of staff. So wow. it's a, a program that was put on by the Family and Social Services through three, uh, uh, you know, an army people. Uh, they were their mothers, and they thought they would like to put a box uh, in the mail and and have it delivered to their kids. Mm -hmm. So social services, hey, that's a good idea. So we'll pack boxes, and many, many people have donated things from stores, like razor blades, tapes, all kinds of things like that. Yeah. And T-shirts, yeah. Yeah, and baseball hats. It's absolutely amazing what it is that they do. One woman even did a quilt for one of the soldiers that had been sick. Aww. And they delivered it specially for him. So that I felt really good about that. And apparently she did a beautiful job. Oh, isn't that good? Yeah, absolutely. All by hand, all herself. And I think she was in her late 70s. How long have you been uh, doing these angels? Ten years plus. Okay. Yeah. How did you? Time. Yes. Now yeah. th these are beaded angels, right? Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. They're on the beads are on pins, and you put the, uh, a pin and an a uh, a bead between that and another p. Do, yeah, I don't know what the heck I'm trying to say. Another bead uh, beside it, and a pin, and another bead, and a pin, till you get seven units. Oh. And you attach them uh, to a wire and, you know, close it so that it doesn't come undone. And then you're going to do, make uh, sleeves, and there's a little wee bead that's kind of oval shaped. And uh, you do the rest of the arms in in the beads, and you do a small wire around the neckline, and cut, you know tw twist that, and there's the body of your angel. Wow. Yeah, and then you have prior to that a large wire that has a bell on it, and it goes right up through to the top of the angel, and you insert a, a bow on the back, and that's their wings. Uh, a head and a halo, and that's your angel. Okay. <laughs> and now, is this something that you totally create at home, like the wire and the and the halo and everything, or do you have to buy kits to do it? No, it's all handmade. It's all uh, you know. I just learned to do it. Wow. And uh, it it turned out very well. So I thought, oh my. But I don't know whether these people are going to like them, um, you know, especially the guys. Well, they, yeah, it takes half an hour to make one. Oh, does and, it? Yes, yeah. uh -huh. half an hour, yeah. And how many beads and how many pins? Have you ever uh, figured that out? Seven, seven, be seven pins and five beads on each pin. And you've got to close the, the pin so if it gets squeezed, the beads aren't going to come flying off of the pin. Oh, yes. Yeah. And uh, what do you make the, the halo? Mm -hmm. What do you make the halo out of? Uh, smaller beads. My husband says he doesn't know how I can put these beads, tiny little beads, on a wire 
and twisted to make the halo. Oh, wow. <laughs> he tried it, and the angel wound up in the front room. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on. So that, that was the end of that. He buys all the supplies, like, off of the uh, wholesaler. Uh-huh. And um, he picks the different colors of beads that it is that I want. And he purchases the wire. Great. Dollar and a quarter to make each angel. Really, eh? Oh, yep. that's... Yeah. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah. I, as a matter of fact, I get very depressed when I, for whatever reason, can't make angels. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure you've made very many people happy uh, by doing that. General Vance said he, uh, I didn't know that these angels have gone all over the world, but he says, you know what, they're everywhere. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> everywhere you look, there's an angel. They put them in their frigates for Christmas. Good. And uh, it makes them feel a little closer to home. Yes. Because it's terrible when you're away from your family and loved ones when, you know, you're off fighting and trying to help people. Oh, I know. Yes. Oh, it's, it's really, really heartbreaking. I've got emails from many, many of the people, and some of them are very sad. Some of them are funny. Um, oh, God, yeah, we had a sonar operator, and the way that he started his email was, well, hello, Suzette. And Bob says, you're never going to meet that guy, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get on a frigate and go look for the sonar guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not a happening thing. <coughs> and they've had them on uh, frigates that have gone pirate hunting. Wow. And that's a terribly dangerous situation. You don't know what these pirates are handling. No. Um, you know, you don't know how many of them, and you got to board the boat with a team and go through that whole boat to see that they don't have contraband and all kinds of things like that. Yeah, and they can shoot you at any time. And then there was a, a young fella, he was 20 years old, and uh, he says, I hope you're not offended, but I ha I'm, uh, have a bomb-sniffing dog, and she goes first so that I put my angel on her harness because if she dies, I want to have the angel go with her. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah, that made me cry oh, for about a week. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's almost like uh, her guardian angel. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And he felt a little bit better because it was there. So, hey, whatever works. Definitely. And I don't know how the dog felt about it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's great. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that was just one of the stories, and, and uh, it, it's amazing. I get to know where they're posted after they're posted, not before. Yes. And in the year that it was really bad, and we were having military people come home in caskets, and one time there was two of them in a row. Yes. And we were up on an overpass over, Victor like, Victoria Park overpass over the 401. The Highway of Heroes. Yeah, this, this t tiny, tiny little guy with his dad, 
years old. Mm -hmm. And his daddy told him that when the, the big cars come through, he's going to salute because that's what a soldier does to another soldier. Right. So the little boy says, will you teach me how to salute daddy? And daddy said, if you do it right, uh, yes. And he did, and he threw up a terrific salute. And then he floored everybody on the bridge by saying, those guys are angels now, aren't they, daddy? Oh. Yeah. Oh, was that it ever was sweet? so cute. Yeah. Yeah. So five years old, and he's learning already yes. how important these people are to our Canadians and everybody else. And uh, I'm just so proud of them. And we must never forget yeah. the sacrifices oh, yeah. they make. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty much the end. Okay. And then you, you got, uh, now did you get, uh, um, when did you get this um, uh, medal? A couple of weeks ago. It's been in the mail with, with the strike and the mailbox froze. Oh. So I don't know how long it was in there before we got, you know, wow. we got it. But uh, yeah, it was a lovely surprise. This thing is very heavy. Is it, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. And Bob put it in a frame because there's things on each side. And uh, it stands up on a little stand. And that's so that people don't get their grubby fingers on the metal. Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, can... it, you know, everything has turned out really good. And I've had a stroke, so I can't remember half the things I'm talking about. You know what? Impress <laughs> well, on. <laughs> you're doing very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> And congratulations, and uh, we're we're so proud of you, uh, you know, living here in uh, Peterborough and, and uh, doing such a wonderful job for our, our soldiers. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Yes, that means a lot to hear, too. It's, it gives you a push to keep going when you get tired. Yes. You know, and... Uh, it's, it's, I don't know what to say about it other than it's wonderful. Well, that's great, and you're doing a wonderful job. Mm -hmm. And if I can make one person smile, that's my life ambition. Terrific. That's yeah. great. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you do these angels all throughout the year, do you? Oh, yeah. From yeah. September to September. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have to be in the mail by the first of September, so they can put them on a ship, an airplane, everything uh -huh. else it is they got, and then they take it from location to location, and uh, it's a big job. Yes, I can big imagine job. it yeah. is. Helicopters are full of these boxes. <laughs> Everybody gets a box. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much for talking uh, with us about that, and uh, all the best of luck, and uh, God bless you. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> you too. Stay safe. I, I shall. Okay. Okay, then. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Suzanne. Bye-bye. Bye now. Now, isn't that a heartwarming uh, story? Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and congratulations once again to Suzanne Thomas. Thanks so much for doing that interview. That uh, really uh, is, a, is, as I said, a pick-me-up. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. I feel like I want some of those beads. Anyways. Yeah, well, who, who knows? You never know. <laughs> 
All right, and uh, you may remember that uh, last week for White Cane, last year for White Cane Week, Debbie Thomas was uh, on the panel that uh, that you interviewed mm-hmm. for Insight Peterborough. All right, well, still keeping with uh, the subject of uh, angels, we have Jeff Healy with Angel Eyes. <laughs> And every guy has got you in his side What you're doing with a clown like me Is surely one life's little Mr. B Turn 
And that was Angel Eyes with uh, Jeff Healy. Yeah, I know that song. That was a good one. Singing along with the mics down. Yes, yes. <laughs> John Morris went to uh, school with Jeff. Oh, that's pretty cool. In Brantford, and I'm not sure whether Debbie Thomas did or not, but uh, sort of around that age range. And so why Jeff Healy? Why Jeff Healy? Because he went to school at the Ontario School for the Blind. Okay, so that so he was blind. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, uh-huh. With um, a type of eye cancer called retinoblastoma. Got it. Yeah. So I've got a uh, another release here. You do, yes, about an exciting show that um, we're going to be having in two weeks' time, all <clears throat> ready for tax season. So here we go. It's all yours. Insight Peterborough presents a special edition on tax concerns. On Friday, February 15th, Insight Peterborough will present a special tax edition for those who are preparing to submit their tax form but have questions that they would like an expert to answer. Our guest will be Lyle Saunders, owner of Peterborough Disability Services. Lyle has a particular interest in sniffing out the right answers to your questions because his son has autism and he wants his son and the rest of us to benefit from the correct information as soon as possible. If you have questions that you'd like to ask prior to the show, you can email Lyle in advance at ptbodts at outlook.com. Again, that's ptbodts at outlook.com. Or send them to us at insightpeterborough at gmail.com. And we'll also be posting on our Insight Peterborough Facebook page, and you're welcome to submit questions through Facebook as well. And we'll be sure to pass them along. If you'd rather phone them in, feel free to tune in to Trent Radio beginning at 10 a.m. on the 15th and listen in for the phone number to call. You can either go to 92.7 on your FM dial or go to channel 287 if you're on Kojiko Cable Subscribe or visit trentradio.ca and click on the Listen Live link. Get your tax questions answered and send them your form in the... Oh, I'm sorry. Then send your form in to the government, confident in the fact that you're doing what's right for you and your family. So we should all take advantage of uh, of getting the right information and and uh, using these wonderful resources to the best of our ability. Yep, for sure. And I I may have left out a word in in that uh, the name of Lyle's um, uh, company, Disability Peterborough Disability Tax. Yeah. Services. Yeah, very specific. Yeah. So I just wanted to make that uh, correction there. So we're really excited about um, that show on the 15th, and we hope that you'll participate. So we've got about 30 seconds left, and we'll leave you with a song. And the song is significant because what's going on tomorrow, Devin? Wyerton Willie oh. is coming out, and uh, we'll see whether he sees his shadow or not. It's going to be Groundhog Day, and we'll see you next week. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Peter Burroughs, Peter Burroughs, greatest groundhog of them all. He lives in a groundhog hole right under City Hall, right under City Hall. Now you have heard of Wyrton's Willie and Puck's the one he's filled, but Peter Burroughs, Peter Burroughs, he's the king of Groundhog Hill. Bill and Willie tell the weather, but that's no special chore compared to Peter Burroughs, the names are counted more. Peter Burroughs, Peter Burroughs, greatest groundhog of them all. He lives.
Rides in a groundhog hole right under City Hall, right under City Hall. 